In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Hey! It's Warhorse and you need to shut your mouth, open your eyes, and clean out your ears, because it's time to listen to the Raw and Order Podcast. That's right, they're bringing you the best in all that meaty podcasty goodness in one, what is it, an hour, two, who cares, who gives a shit, you need to listen to it right now, or else Warhorse is gonna, I don't know, roll your ass! Welcome to another episode of Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that, I don't know, live streamed on Twitch during Royal Rumble yesterday. I got none. Uh, I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I am joined, as always, by one of my partners in crime fighting, currently Detective, excuse me, J.O.B. from up north. Sorry, I almost called you a detective. You're an RCMP. Well, you know, they're pretty big here in Canada. They are detectives in Canada, so, you know. Are they called detectives? Uh, I'm sure there's Is a word for them. technically a rank for them? It, they're the highest. They're like the FBI. Are FBI agents now, called detectives? See, see, no, no, they're called agents. Sometimes special agent. I'm sure we have like a special agent RCMP thing. I don't know. But, I'm a horrible cop. We may we may or may not be joined by uh, D.A. Fabe. He had a really busy weekend with some personal stuff going on. He did uh, have to binge uh, Royal Rumble today. He wasn't able to watch it live last night. Lucky dog. Because um, today he was able to fast forward through the shitty parts. Um, so the whole pay-per-view? Yeah, most of the pay-per-view. I mean, there was a lot of shitty parts. We can we can get into talking about that here because that's what this podcast is going to be talking about. Mostly, we'll probably bring up some other things from the week in wrestling because there were some fun things that happened this week in wrestling, and I don't want to overlook those. But the big thing we're talking about is Royal Rumble twenty twenty two. Yeah, which if you tuned in, I live streamed, reacted to the whole thing from kickoff show through to the end. Um, I do not know why I did the kickoff show, because in the end, there wasn't even a single match on the kickoff show. Yeah, uh, really weird. What's the point of having a kickoff show? Just fucking an hour of talking heads. If if I wanted to watch an hour of talking heads talk professional wrestling, I would watch the Raw and Order Wrestling Podcast uh, live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. That's valid, but we're not an hour, so then they'd miss some of the rumble. And well, no, wow, they'd be happy to have missed some of the rumble. That's one thing, but that's um, true. Yeah, it's valid. But anyway, so we're gonna talk about the Royal Rumble. We're gonna talk about the ups and the downs of the Royal Rumble. Uh, before we get into that, I'd like to take this moment to always remind people: Raw and Order is part of the Tatnisco Podcast Network. You can head down to the Doobly Doos. And catch the link to tatnusco.com. Uh, once the podcast is over, click that link. Go to vi- visit tatnusco.com. See the other shows in the network. Uh, let them know that we sent you. Uh, there's also 
links to all sorts of ways to support us, including our Patreon and our shop, our merch, right? Uh, RonOrderWBU.MySpreadShop.com or just go down to the doobly-doos and click the link um, because uh, that's a great way you can get Pissing Ant Podcast hat or Raw and Order shirt or Pissing Ant Podcast shirt or Raw and Order hat or Sasha Bear shirt or we still haven't gotten a cease and desist yet on that. Um, nice. Although now... Although now I want to do one with uh, Taylor Moon and give her blue hair um, and just put it out as Sasha Moon uh, and see how long it takes us to get a cease and desist on that one. Probably pretty quick. You're messing around with two behemoths of companies there. I would be indeed. There's no such thing as bad publicity, though. Um, That's valid. But uh, before we talk Royal Rumble, let's... Let's take some time to cleanse the palate of the Royal Rumble and talk about some good things in wrestling, or at least things that weren't shit. Um, and and the, the number one thing that I want to talk about was AEW Dynamite. Even Rampage was pretty uh, Rampage was pretty good, too. But Dynamite itself, I, I want to take a moment to talk about how fucking awesome Dynamite was. Um especially looking back on it after watching Royal Rumble and thinking that AEW put together a two-hour show that was better from beginning to end than one of the big four pay-per-views for WWE for the year, right? And yeah, it wasn't a pay-per-view and it didn't have the big match Royal Rumble or things like that. I get it. Those are all valid, right? But what it did have was one of the best one-on-one ladder matches I've ever seen. I'm not saying the best, but one of the best. It's definitely in the conversation, featuring some of the best spots I've ever seen in a ladder match. That uh, that, that cutter ladder whiplash is still killing me, though. Oh, uh, the ladder God. whiplash, but but that cutter, that springboard cutter, yep. um, that's that's going to be up there in highlight reels with the edge spear off the top of the ladder it's going to be up there right oh, for sure for um sure. and and the sad thing is the, that almost got upstaged by the crossroads off the top of the ladder um almost got upstaged by the vertical suplex off the top of the ladder yeah that was nuts you know, nuts just insane shit in that and then uh, at the end of the thing, there was the lights out match. And I, I have issues with the lights out nature of it, if only because it did not live up to the lights outedness of it. Um, lights out is supposed to be unsanctioned. And the reason it's supposed to be unsanctioned is it's supposed to be, we, this is too dangerous for us to sanction. And they really didn't do too much too dangerous, especially considering just a few weeks prior we had a sanctioned uh, tag match between women that was bloody as all fuck, right? Um, no. But but I'm going to get past my nitpickiness of it being an unsanctioned match and not really deserving to be an unsanctioned match and still point out that it was a fucking awesome match, right? Very entertaining. My, Very my fun. problem is it could have been a lights-on hardcore match and been just fine, 
right? It didn't need to be called unsanctioned because it didn't warrant the unsanctioned name. But it still featured great spots back and forth. Featured the debut of Danhausen, which had me absolutely marking out at home. Um, For I'm, sure. in, in hindsight, I'm wishing I had live-streamed reactions to Dynamite instead of Royal Rumble. It would have been a lot more entertaining. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but but regardless, that's neither here nor there. Uh, it was just a great show. And then Rampage, which of course was recorded right afterwards uh, at the same arena and everything, was still freaking good too. Featured great matches. Uh, I really liked. Setups. I really liked even uh, it's a match that's not really getting talked about much, but even the FTR. Um, yeah, FDR, Brock Anderson, Anderson and, and uh, Lee Moriarty. I don't know. No, Lee Johnson. Lee, Lee Johnson. Johnson. Okay. Yeah. Um, too many Lees. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that was a great match. And it featured some fun, like the the whole gimmick that um, uh, I think it's Dax. Uh, Dax Harwood calls Arn Anderson daddy mm -hmm. as if he's actually the spiritual son of Arn Anderson. Right. More so than Brock Anderson is the actual son of Arn Anderson. Right. Things like that. Uh, there were a lot of fun things there. I mean, it went the way it was supposed to. Um, the spot, uh, the the pre-recorded backstage thing with House of Black. was. I mean, that's all we were ever wanting from, from Malachi Black when he was Aleister Black in WWE. Just let him be dark and broody and... and deliver these promos and don't sit him in a room and ask for someone to pick a fight with me just just let him be let him be the weird evil guy i don't know anyways so, so at the same time out. it's getting kind of boring though like at the end of the day well, bro the the thing is it it livened it up by adding brody king to it um right. uh you know which, but, but that's the thing is that's why the pick a fight with me promos got tiring is because he did it for eight fucking months without anyone picking a fight with him. Uh, and here they Isn't it knock on my door or something. Or yeah. Knock, knock on my door and pick a fight with me. Right. Um, but no one ever did it. They, they never went anywhere with that really uh, where they're already going some places. They've already added another member to house of black. I I 100% speculate, expect, let's use that phrase, 100% expect that Julia Hart is going to end up being a member of the House of Black. Uh, I mean, she's certainly not doing anything with, what, the Varsity Blondes? Varsity so, Blondes? Well, know. they're telling the storyline ever since she got the black mist spit in her eyes. She started wearing bitter colors. She started being a little bit more vindictive all but also a little bit more sympathetic to to malachi black you know like to call off the the other members of the group varsity blondes so um so i i anticipate that she's gonna end up joining but there's all sorts of stuff i also think i mean in the end we're now gonna have pack and uh lucha brothers death triangle versus House of Black at some point. Um, so there's going to be another member at some point to help offset Death Triangle. You know, the three members there. Um, and that's going to be just an absolute fire match. Isn't the Lucha Brothers with Andrade right now or no? 
Uh, no, no, they're not uh, 100% of it. Well, they're kind of uh, in, in a weird Because they're in thing. the AHFO, no? Or no? No, they weren't in the HFO. Um, uh, the there, there was HFO. <laughs> there, yeah, there was there was a thing, but no, the the tag team in the HFO right now is is private party. Um, they were with um, uh, Eddie Kingston for a while when he was feuding kind of with the HFO, right? Um, okay. And then they went back and forth, but then then Pac returned, and Pac said, "No, they're with me again." And then and then Pac left and everything. So so Death Triangle is still where it is. Um, I anticipate. Just bringing up the HFO angle, I anticipate that this is that what's going to happen here in the near future is the H part of it's going to be uh, pushed out of the HFO, and it's right. going to be uh, Andrade Incorporated or something like that. I don't know, um, and that that's where they're leading with this because I I expect the H and HFO is going to. Uh, soon be busy in the tag division himself. You think Hardy's coming? Was there rumors uh, of that? I think it's it's a foregone conclusion, to be perfectly honest. We we know Jeff Hardy um got approached to come back to WWE and turned them down. They even offered him a Hall of Fame spot, said we'll put you in this year if you come back. He said nope. He also then said, oh, and also give me the results to my blood test, my drug test, because I want to show the world that it was clean um, and that you guys let me go for no reason. Um, so could he technically sue now? Probably not. There's probably a clause in his contract. I, I mean, in the end, their contract specifically, it gives all the power to WWE. WWE can cut them for almost any reason. Um, but they can't leave for any reason, you know what I mean? That's messed and up. And so it's okay. it's a it it's one of the many ways their their independent contractor contract is unfair to themselves. Um, but anyways, and so I just think it's foregone conclusion. I think that's why they're doing this. They're they're going to edge him out of this big money Matt character. And frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to give Broken Matt Hardy another go. Um, but this time bringing in Brother Nero and having it be the broken. Right. And um, they'll probably do a lot more compound stuff and yeah. Hardy compound and, stuff. And I mean, here's the deal that. is in the end, the biggest reason broken Matt Hardy didn't work in AEW was timing because he, he came in right at the beginning of the empty arena era. Right. And, and the broken character kind of feeds off of the audience buying right. into and chanting delete with him and and mm. all of that stuff so but anyways so dynamite was awesome rampage was good uh impact wrestling was entertaining uh well look i mean even even raw and smackdown didn't necessarily have any bad segments per se um you know you had lashley and brock that was fun that was whatever um you know, the matches are just always generally garbage. Um, you know, uh, I could only think of maybe KO and Priest was a halfway decent match. But, you know, like match-wise, complete trash. But segment-wise, it wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. The spelling bee was fine. Um, was that this know. week? 
I yeah, the spelling bee was this week. Um, I I'm an odd man out. I was not entertained by the spelling bee segment, but I was not entertained much because I'm tired of that type of segment. WWE goes to that type of segment way too often. Uh, whether we're looking at being a, a talk show segment like like uh, Moment of Bliss or Ms. TV mm-hmm. or Cutting Edge KO or whatever. Show. Yeah, yeah, the KO show or whatever. They they go to a lot of those things. And then they go to these dumb, non-wrestling comedy segments, right? Um, right. The, and, and they just they bore me, you know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. But but they they bored me even more uh in this week where i mean that that was building a feud that didn't have a payoff this week right which one Rid- riddle and and you know uh rk bro versus uh oh no the royal rumble just completely messed everything up well the, royal the, the thing is the royal rumble we already knew there wasn't going to be a rk bro versus American Alpha no, or whatever they're called. But Alpha they Academy. were also in the tag in the Rumble itself. So you could have created it, a story. You, you there could have, at least. but in the end, that that sort of segment, it it's designed to lead towards a match against each other. And because right. we already knew there wasn't going to be a tag match between them, it made sense to do that segment right now. Now, what instead they should have done if anything, is just do some other segment there, not even necessarily worry about RK Bro, um, and then have the feud play out in the Rumble with uh, Alpha Academy eliminating Randy Orton or whatever, um, Mm -hmm. and leading up to, then they start building towards Elimination Chamber, a match between them or something. Um but we'll we'll get to the Royal Rumble, all all of the matches on that thing because um, it, here's the other. there are six matches in the Royal Rumble, uh, two two of course Royal Rumble matches and then four other matches, uh, and I think that down the line it can be argued that the wrong person won every match. I I'm not one hundred percent on one of them. One of them, I think the right person won. One of them, I think the right person technically won, but didn't really win. Uh, yeah, I just think I, I don't necessarily know or would say the wrong people won for the Rumbles. Yeah, but uh, for the other matches, I would just more say how it was done. Was I 100% poor. say the wrong people won both the Rumble matches. Oh, yeah. Without, without, given. without a doubt in my mind, the wrong people won those. But, um, like, I, I think Becky Lynch defeating Dewdrop was probably the right way to go. Um, although, if you're really trying to build Dewdrop up. Well, you shouldn't have given her, you, you shouldn't, unless you make her win the Rumble and she comes back after Becky or something. You know what or I mean? Or you have Becky oh. Lynch win by cheating because she yeah. is the heel in this. So you have her ref distraction hits hits dewdrop with the belt or something ref right. comes back hit the manhandle cam and and pinner you know and so you win that that allows dewdrop to lose but not lose much anyways i right. personally thought the edge and beth, beth phoenix and Miz and maurice that the right people won that match 
but mostly because I just want that feud to be over. And the only way that feud close to being over is Edge and Beth winning and cementing themselves as the top couple. And then Miz and Maurice can go off and do whatever and Edge and Beth can do whatever. I, I, I'm i not entirely sure Beth is is planned to be back for good. Right. Um, She might be. I don't know. I'm pretty certain Maurice is not planned to be back for good. She did and, not look like she had dedicated herself to wrestling again. She did look good, though. She still looked pretty good in the she ring looked, uh, for what she did. Um, you know, like, I mean... She better than a couple of the Royal Rumble entrants, but oh, that's uh, um, but no, I mean it just she just uh, didn't look like she was in ring shape. I'm not talking about weight or 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 fitness. I'm talking about execution. Well, here's my theory on that though. I honest to God think they wanted to do this match for Mania, but they were kind of testing the waters. Uh, to see how the fans were reacting and so on. And they realized, oh, this is really not going to be a good match for Mania. The fans don't necessarily care. Kind of thing. So they did it it for Rumble, get it out of the way. But I think that also implies just by that, that Maurice wasn't intending on being back full time. She was coming back. That The big thing with this is just to build, um, build her up again so that when seeing whatever of Ms. and Mrs. comes out. She, you know, they can say it's a very entertaining show. They're really entertaining on that reality show. They're right. Hey, I mean, in, in, in fairness, I don't like roads to the top either. I'm not a fan of that style of reality show. I, I haven't even watched it. I don't, I can't, I, I, I did. That's not the type of reality show that I'll watch. So I care about Ms. and Mrs. I don't care about roads to the top. I don't care about keeping up with the Kardashians or fucking, um, whatever the, uh, Bella twins ones was, oh, or okay. I don't fucking care about them. Like that's not what I watch TV for. Uh, but anyways, so we'll to the Royal Rumble here. Um, I'm a, I'm just gonna assume that Da Fabe is crashed out again. He um, had a busy weekend at oh. trying to cram in the Royal Rumble today. Uh, cut into his recovery time from the busy personal weekend. So, um, That's it. so we'll talk about it. we talked about it a little bit at the end of the stream, but after a a night to ruminate or stew in our juices, uh, we'll see how we feel. So. Uh, the night stood off. Once again, kickoff show had no actual wrestling in it, so it's fucking worthless. Um, and you and streamed meant, the whole thing. <laughs> I streamed the whole thing. It also meant that fucking Pete Rosenberg and Jerry the King Lawler were on my screen for the better part of an hour with no breaks. I mean, I don't... Who's that new guy? Bradshaw's no longer there. There's, like, another guy that's there. Well, he, that guy... Um, God, what's his name? Fucking... Something Patrick, Sean Patrick. He he's he's WWE's new backstage interviewer. You see him occasionally on Raw and SmackDown interviewing oh, someone okay. backstage. Um okay. and so I, I think I don't think uh he's a permanent member of the pre show panel. I think this was more 
uh, filling in because for whatever reason they couldn't have Bradshaw there, which is fine. I hate Bradshaw too, so yeah. I'm fine with not having any of them in there. So, so um, Royal Rumble starts off nicely mm-hmm. with so, Roman and Seth. Yeah, Roman and Seth, and and the start of it was nice. So, but we'll we'll kind of get to that because I have a feeling that it'll fit in one of our categories to remind people when we do our breakdown of, of pay-per-views, we don't do it in a, here's the match that happened. Let's talk about this match. Here's the match that happened next. Let's talk about what happened. We, we do it kind of like an award show. So we're going to start off with worst match of the night. Now there are six total matches. Um, and I think you can make a solid argument for three of them, five of them, five of them, maybe (laughs) Uh, four of them being worst of the night. Um, I, the, the Seth versus Roman, I don't think is in the worst of the night category. It might be in the best of the night category, except for the ending, but we'll get to that. Uh, neither of the Royal Rumbles are, are, uh, best of the night. I don't know if they're worst of the night either. Um, I don't know. To me, probably worst of the night was the. Edge and Beth versus Miz and Maurice. Mostly because I just didn't care. Yeah, I mean, and that I get. Um, I, at the same time, I feel like I'm going to give it to the Women's Rumble. Do you think the Women's Rumble was worse than that? I feel like the women's rumble was the worst of the night just because we got a whole bunch of legends and uh, just, they did nothing with nothing. They had Sasha lose so early. They had ivory show up, but ivory was RTC ivory and um, like whatever. Maybe she wasn't fit to wrestle or something and they couldn't really do anything with her. But then they had a lot of like stupid people in the rumble. Yeah. Uh, so that just didn't make any sense. I, I will, I will say this about ivory. Um, she's old. She's, she's fucking 60. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and here's the deal. You look at her last night, you wouldn't have guessed 60. You might not even have guessed 50. She looked good for a 60-year-old. You know, she She looked really good. Uh, But, again, she is 60 and probably wasn't really keen on taking huge bumps. So I get that. Well, Um, and does she even really work out as much as she used to? Maybe not. You know what I mean? Like, So, well, since it's your vote for worst of the night, let's talk a little bit about that match. So... Uh, we'll go through the entrance. We're not going to go one by one on on who eliminated who and how many eliminations and how long they were right. in there for all of them. But it started off with Sasha Banks and Melina. Right. Eh, whatever. I mean, Sasha looked good. It, it, my problem with that was I think I don't think it did any favors to Melina specifically being put in there next to Sasha Banks. Because Melina's oh, whole thing no. was that she was she was fitness and she was hot and good looking and you know she was basically pre 
uh, women's revolution, you know, uh, right. wrestler, right? Um, and then you put her next to Sasha Banks, who arguably one of the greatest women's wrestlers in the world. Um, right. Also in stupid good shape, stupid yeah. good physical condition. And it really kind of showed there. Right, mm -hmm. and I I don't think it did any favors to Melina, it, and in the end, well, I feel like Melina lasted. is also pretty much older too, though. Um, Sasha. I don't know exactly. I mean, she's definitely older than Sasha. There's no doubt about that. But right, um, let me see how old she is. She is forty two. Forty, okay. Um, but, but she also hasn't is, been in the ring for a hot minute either, right? Yeah, but but that's my point is that I I don't think it did her any favors. And so I right. think it would have been better to start off with someone who was an active wrestler currently against Sasha and then have Melina come in after there were a couple current wrestlers in the ring to help cover for any deficiencies that she had. Right. Um, you know, if, if Melina was in there after Tamina and Aaliyah were in, I don't think it would have looked so bad for her, but she punked out after 53 seconds, right? Right. Um, yeah, I was like, okay, waste of an entrant. You know, I mean, it just left Sasha standing in the ring waiting for the next entrance. Right. Um, so uh, Melina was two. Tamina, then Kelly Kelly. Uh, why why we keep giving her a call for Royal Rumbles, I'll never know. Um, especially. She was one of the ones who posted it on Instagram. Right, that she was there. So, well, especially considering the people that didn't show up, um, or the options that they could have had. Uh, right. So then we had Aaliyah, then Liv Morgan, Queen Zelina, Bianca Belair, Dana Brooke, then Michelle McCool, uh, Sonia Deville. Explains why Taker was there. Yeah, Sonia Deville came out uh, in her with her jacket on, which she explained. Uh, again on the pre-show, when my jacket's on, I'm an official. When my jacket comes off, then I'm a wrestler. So she came out right. with her jacket on and sat down at, at ringside at announce um, and just hung out there until she spotted an opportunity to go in. Uh, right. Natalia was next, then Cameron, former Funkadelic, Funkadactyl, whatever they called him. Uh, and that's when Sonya Deville decided, decided to take a shot because she realized that Cameron used to be tag team partners with Naomi. And she's got right. a whole feud going on with Naomi. Right. So uh, so there she goes in and eliminates Cameron and thinks, oh, that's great. And then Naomi comes out and just, oh, okay, you get to go, Sonya. So, like... That could have been so much more. Right. I mean, they literally could have had this whole thing where Sonya came in, eliminated Cameron, then rolls out under the ring, puts her jacket back on, goes, sits back down at announce table. Right. And plays chicken shit for a little bit longer. And then Naomi comes out like four or five later mm -hmm. um, and then grabs her and pulls her jacket off and throws her in the ring, you know, right. or something like that. But they didn't. Uh, then Carmella. Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair. Here's where Ivory comes out. 
and barely gets in the ring. I it was so much like I looked away to check the chat on Twitch, and then I looked back and she's being eliminated. And I never actually saw her get in the ring. So oh. I even said in in the Twitch stream, did she even get in the ring? I didn't see her get in the ring. Uh, the official time that I found is 25 seconds for her. Um, mm. so yeah, Damn, that even short. still feels kind of long. Yeah. So, uh, uh, then we had, uh, Brie mode, Brie oh. Bella come in and that I was said, probably uh, one of the only good storytelling they did there in this woman's Royal Rumble. They did. With they the gave... whole Brie Bella and Nikki Bella and they mm-hmm. did it reverse mm-hmm. of she took her twin out mm-hmm. and now the other one took well, her out. And, and they like, gave, oh, okay. they gave Brie Bella 19 minutes in the rumble um right. which was her. and i said this i said this on twitch and i'll probably get hate even repeating it um i don't think the bellas were as bad as people like to give them crap for right. i do think brie was the better of the two bellas um in my opinion at least mm-hmm. uh nikki got more publicity uh Probably because Nikki got implants. So that plays into it, I think. But, mm. uh, and Nikki was also, they had the, the storybook romance of Nikki and, and John, John Cena, Cena. Yeah. you know, who was their biggest star and all of that. I get it and everything. But in the end, I, I didn't hate seeing Brie Bella. And frankly, I didn't hate seeing Brie Bella mostly because we'd already seen uh so many shitty shittier ones come in yeah exactly like, yeah like, like fucking kelly kelly and like yeah okay brie bella um that's right then we had mickey james coming in for wrestling for impact wrestling she With wore the title, the title yep. to the ring um and i'm a little disappointed with this because yeah they completely misused her like totally well there's so much they could have done with it. And I, I predicted on the pre-show um, that here's what, if they were smart, they should have done. They should have got Deanna Perrazzo to show up. She would have never showed up. With an, Here's the deal. Dollar bills and a promise of something. And this is Deanna Perrazzo shows up, eliminates Mickey James to set up the feud for the Impact title. Right? Mm-hmm. Because Deanna Perrazzo is Impact's version of a belt collector right now. Right. She has the um, NWA women's title, I believe, and the AAA women's title right now. Um, And so she wants that knockouts title back. Right. So this is where, you know, they've been making a big deal, uh, especially the WWE fans, I've been making a big deal about, oh, look, the Impact and, and WWE are working together. It's the it's the forbidden door is open for them. And they're, look at how much more they're doing for Impact than AEW did, which, A, I disagree with, but that's beside the point. But, B, this shows how little they're doing for Impact, right? They had Impact. They had one singular Impact wrestler show up on the entire pay-per-view. Um they allowed her to eliminate one person and uh then they 
fucked her out of the the match. And yeah, said, she got eliminated by like a nobody too, I believe. Um, I mean, da, 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 da. Uh, Michelle McCool, a nobody, you know. Um. <laughs> anyways, uh, but then I was like, oh, Mickey James, maybe they'll do something fun. Maybe next will be someone. No, next was fucking Alicia Fox. She was pretty good in the ring, though. No, no, not a fan. I didn't think so, but okay. I, thought, I mean, I don't she know. was only in the ring in for six minutes. So. Well, um, yeah, okay. Yeah, Damn. and um, I mean, the the upside is she apparently was sober, so that's good. Um, then they had Nikki Ash. They right. did tell a couple little storylines with Nikki Ash. Um, first, with her going after uh, Rhea Ripley. Um, and later, when Molly Holly came in, we'll get to that, uh, going after Molly Holly and eliminating her because there can only be one superhero. Um, and uh, I, they're really going to have to get around to changing that H to a V in her name uh, pretty soon here because she's basically a supervillain. Anyways, right. uh, then Summer Ray, which we knew was going to happen. We're not happy about it, but we knew it was going to happen. Then Nikki Bella showed up. And then, like you said, they had some fun things where the Bella twins worked together. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but then in kind of a flashback to a previous Royal Rumble that they were in, uh, they eliminated uh, each other sort of a thing. Right. Um, <clears throat> specifically, uh, uh, Brie Bella turned on Nikki Bella and eliminated her, which... Nikki Bella had eliminated Brie Bella in a previous... Anyways. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but so... Uh, then you had Sarah Logan come in. That was a, that was probably the only true surprise for me. Right. And I say, I say that because I'd heard rumors that she was in St. Louis. But she's been at almost every AEW major show to support Ruby. So oh, I wrote okay. it off more like she was there to support Liv because they've made it clear that Liv and 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 Sarah Logan and I mean the whole riots were, were really clearly tight in real life, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was surprised that she showed up. More surprised that they had her out of there in forty seconds. Yeah, they missed a complete opportunity with that whole thing. Could have made a big more like. Reminiscence of yeah. right squad all together again, squad all together again. But no, I'm like, what? What's the point? Yeah. Like, there was a lot of stuff they could have done just to told little stories and would have gave us a little bit of nostalgia, but they just didn't do it. And I was like, this is just the theme of the pay per view. You just are gonna give us a dream match, but then you don't, you don't fulfill the dream yeah. match. Stuff. I said last night the word of the night for. Uh, Royal Rumble was unfulfilling. Yep. Almost everything just came off as unfulfilling. Um, so Sarah Logan, it, what it came down to for me, when she came into the ring, I, I could tell this is going to be a one-off for her one way or another. Um, right, for sure. She, she was very obviously not in, like, full-time return ring. Um, right. She was in mom shape, and that's fine, because being mom's a full-time job, and 
that's what she's been doing, and, uh, you know, more power to her. Um, but I could tell when she hit the ring that she really hadn't been hitting the ropes much, you know. Right. Um, but still. Then we had Lita, and then the aforementioned Molly Holly, who showed up and got beat up by Nikki A.S.H. and eliminated in 20 seconds. And then we had Ronda Rousey. Oh, now you're talking about my generation. Uh, what? What? Yeah. And as soon as Ronda Rousey officially hit, we I was already aware of the rumors and the, the reports and all of this stuff. Meltzer saying what, what uh, was intended to go down for WrestleMania, all of this stuff. I was well aware of it. I wanted to live in denial, but as soon as Ronda Rousey's music hit and she came out, I knew the winner was in the ring. Right. And it's... I had hopes, though, so man. so wrong. I had hopes. I was like, oh, okay. And then when we hit 30 with Sonia, I just... Uh, not Shayna. Shayna. I had hopes. I'm like, oh, you know what, man? Switch this up around. Give me a Shayna versus Rousey and I'm down. Let's do this. Well, here's you the know, deal, but... you know, you can sell Charlotte versus Ronda without Ronda winning the Royal Rumble. Right? Right. Absolutely <clears throat> you can. Because of their history. Um, but you can easily uh, add to it by having Charlotte or Ronda eliminate the other. Period. Right? Which happened um, anyways. Which happened anyways. And then so so uh Ronda eliminates Charlotte. Now on SmackDown, you have Charlotte come out and be like, fucking Ronda Rousey comes out and steals my thunder and knocks me out of what was my match to win. So now I want Ronda. Boom. Now you got it. Story done. Yeah. And you didn't have to have Ronda Rousey win. Um, right. You could have given it to Shane Baszler, who came out 30. Same thing with the men's rump. Mm -hmm. Shotzi was number 29. Um, and... This just shows how poorly they've used Shotzi. Um, both of us didn't actually remember Shotzi was still part of WWE. We both were like, didn't she get fired? Right. Didn't she get fired? The answer is no. Tegan got fired. Shotzi's just been fucking sitting in catering because they don't have anything form yeah because she was actually on the smackdown prior which i guess i totally mm -hmm. missed anyways and i was like oh so she's not fired okay yeah you know like and then like we said shayna number 30 um there were a few good like shayna ronda rousey like hey we're friends moments but we're not teammates sort of a thing i don't know but mm -hmm. like you said that to me would have been a better a, a more entertaining feud than ronda versus charlotte Ronda versus Shayna, right? Um, right? But more specifically, I I fucking want Shayna to have won. I think Shayna was the Shayna was the number one who should have won this match. Um, oh, for sure, and it would have been perfect timing. No one would have seen it coming because mm -hmm. what right. has Shayna done recently? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, right. they just missed the uh, opportunity. If I were to list my top five choices for who I think should have won it. Shayna would have been number one. I think Liv Morgan maybe number two. Um, maybe, right? To to tell that story for a little bit longer. 
Um, I think Sasha definitely should have been high on the list to win it. They only For gave sure. her less than 10 minutes, which and I don't know. It could be that she, being fresh back, felt like she wasn't ready to to be back full time. I don't know, right? But um, fuck, I I would have been happier to see Carmella win than fucking Ronda. Right? Snore. Anyways, <laughs> so I I don't necessarily disagree with that as a potential worst match of the night. To me, just like. Edge and Beth versus Miz and Maurice. It, like you said, it was a match that no one cared about, myself included. So I don't know. It ended the way it should have. Edge and Beth won. Miz and Maurice right. can go off and do their reality show or whatever, and and don't care. So, uh, moving on to most predictable moment. Now I think we're going to one hundred percent agree what ended up being the most predictable moment. And that is as soon, as soon as we saw Roman Reigns come in and attack Brock Lesnar, it cost him the WWE World Championship. Um, we both, both of us said, Brock's going to show up in the Royal Rumble and he's going to win it. And that's what happened, right? And... We can talk about other predictable moments. There were other predictable moments. Ronda Rousey winning, and as I saw that she was in, as a predictable moment. But the Brock one, I mean, it was two matches prior. Brock loses due to interference by Roman. Why do you book it like that, though? It's almost legit like they literally just booked it on the spot half an hour before the show. I swear there better be a dirt sheet report of Vince tore up the Royal Rumble script half an hour before the show and like rewrote everything because I, I think, I, I think it was 100% pre-planned and I think it was because they looked back at money in the bank from was it a year ago, two years ago when they had Brock show up last minute and win. And they thought, Oh, that's such a good surprise. That's a great storyline. Let's tell that again. Um, okay, just give me one but the thing is, like I said, it was here. so predictable. As as soon as we saw Brock get cheated out of the the title, say cheated out of it's just the, as soon as there was that interference, we knew he's gonna win. And the thing is, they didn't have to do it. Much like they can tell us st- this story, same storyline without him winning the Royal Rumble, they can tell the same storyline without Brock winning the Royal Rumble. Right? Exactly. All he has to do is come out on SmackDown and be like, you motherfucker. Right? (laughs) I was going to win that match. I was going to beat Bobby Lashley. And you had to come out and stick your fucking head of the table ass where it didn't belong. And that was probably one of the only things I did like. Uh, in terms of an ending with Paul Heyman, uh, kind of taking Roman's side. However, um, just making Lashley, I felt it made Lashley look a little bad. So I was kind of like, it did. really? It, so. it made Lashley look bad because there was a visual pin on Lashley. He took an F5, visually pinned one, two, three. Oops. Um, and that's that's part of it there. Um, I also, 
I didn't hate the way it ended. I do think the storyline could have been told a little cleaner That's with it. having having Heyman like it, it was wishy washy that he turned on Brock, and it it would have been way more entertaining if it had been Heyman actively turning on Brock to me. You know what it, I mean? It, exactly. It's like he's just going to anyone who has power, but at the yeah. same time, you make Heyman this mastermind yeah. kind of a guy, but then you make him look like a little bitch. Yeah, that's uh, the deal. He stood there Heyman and he looked and scared, um, and then he handed the the belt to Roman for Roman to use, and it would have been it would have been so much more satisfying if Roman showed up, speared uh, uh, Brock. And then walked over, and before he got over to the side, Heyman was up on the apron, holding the belt out to him. Right. Like, I was just waiting for you to show up. Here's the belt. Go kill him. Right. But anyways, that's a nitpicky thing. Um, I didn't I didn't hate the interference. I think it would have worked better if there wasn't a visual pin. Right? If there mm. wasn't a... Brock had it one moment. Um, if it was because there there were two ref bumps. Um, yeah, in a row, exactly. Right, and if instead there was just the first ref bump, and then while that ref bump was happening, Brock turns around, surprise spear, then gets hit by the belt. Then you can even have. Brock stumble around for a bit and then get hit by a second spear by Bobby Lashley and then pinned. So Bobby Lashley looks, you know, in his mind like he's still what? Anyways, but that's nitpicky. Um, but like we're on most predictable, and I don't think either of us can argue that Brock winning the Royal Rumble wasn't the most predictable moment of the night. Oh, no, that was certainly the most predictable. And so everyone gonna... knew it. Even Twitter went crazy and, like, we're saying, really? Really? Like now we know what's gonna happen. Like, yeah. So we'll move on to the next category: botch of the night. Um, there weren't a whole lot of what I would call botches, uh, but there was one that I think wins botch of the night, and that's Kofi. That's the only word to say about Kofi. Yeah, he he had this whole miraculous Poor save. Guy one and the thing is it it we talked about it last night it could have still worked if they didn't have them on camera with both feet touching the ground but it wouldn't have made sense to not have them on camera because then if it did work you would have missed you've that got a, spot you've got enough delay and replay right you can have a camera on him but not live they do it all the time with an alternate angle and then you have him get hit out you don't see his feet, you just see him hit the, the side. And then if it works, you have Michael Cole go, we need to see the replay on that. <clears throat> and then the replay shows that he lands without his feet touching and he gets up there. Um, if his feet do touch and the camera's uh, not live, you just fucking trash that footage. Or you hold on to it if you want to have someone say, Yo, you cheated to stay in the Royal Rumble. We have footage that showed your feet hit but the referee missed it or whatever right there's storylines you can tell but because the camera was on him when it happened 
and it was very clear that both feet hit the ground. That's got to be botch of the night, right? And there was so many, like not so many. There was um, the the feet were there for so long, which was yeah. also the issue. It, yeah, it was, it was like, not oh, an man, incidental touch. Just... Yeah. Um. But it does make me kind of wonder. Uh, how much of the rest of the match had to be fucking tweaked around. Now, there wasn't a ton of match left. Kofi entered number 24. So there were only six more entrants. And then the end. I don't think it would have mattered. I think you missed. I don't think it would have changed the ending. I I don't think. But here's the deal. You, You then ended up having Riddle and Orton eliminate Otis and Big E. Um, and then Brock eliminating Bad Bunny and Shane McMahon and then Randy Orton and then uh, eventually eliminating uh, Drew McIntyre for the win, right? Um, Why didn't and, you make Drew win yeah. two? Oh, we'll, we'll like... talk about that one because Drew. here's the deal. Drew is the obvious choice to win. For me, I think Randy Orton winning is where you really go. For for a couple reasons, but the biggest being the fucking pay per view is in St. Louis, which is where Randy Orton fucking lives. The oh, crowd, I hate Randy Orton, the crowd was so hot for him. Right, for sure. if Randy Orton had won, the pop would have been fucking epic. Yeah, but only St. Louis would have cared. It doesn't matter. Because this is a visual show. This is a visual medium, right? To be able to play for the next two months, the crowd exploding because he won is is everything. Being able here, being able to play it two years from now, being able to put it on his retirement video or his Hall of Fame video when he gets into the Hall of Fame, the explosion from that would have been CM Punk level explosion. From crowd, right. and that's all that matters is the visual of that. Um, Storyline wise, Drew McIntyre is the person who should have won, um, and so we can argue that the winner of the Men's Royal Rumble was the botch of the night. It was the most predictable moment, but it also was the botched king moment of the night. We'll move on I mean, to overhype I, of the night. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm sure a lot of there was a lot of women botches because a lot of those people haven't wrestled in a very long time in the women's rumble. So I don't remember anything that I thought was a huge botch botch. Um, Kelly mm. Kelly tried to do her stupid tilt a whirl again, and it never looks good. Uh, she just needs to fucking <laughs> stop. Yeah. But I don't remember it as a botch, really. Um, Fair. Anyways. Uh, moving on to overhype of the night. What was the moment? That was hyped up to be so big and uh, didn't live up to it at all. Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. Really? That Well, I mean, yes, you have the Rumbles. Sure. That's done messed up. Um, but I honestly was more... But we've seen kind of shitty Rumbles. Um, but I was... Ah! It's it's. I, I I think I was more disappointed with the Roman Seth because of the ending, 
the the Brock I, I, Lashley I was mad at too because I felt like they could have done a heck of a lot more. But I also kind of enjoyed that ending. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, the entire I, rumble was an overhype, but you know, I don't in the long run. I like I have nitpicky things with the ending to the Brock versus Bobby Lashley one, but I don't have I don't have a problem with how it ended overall. Um, I have a problem with how Seth versus Roman ended, but mm-hmm. it it's in the candidacy for me as match of the night, which is why to me it's so weird to think of it as overhype of the night. Um, I would almost argue that Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop was overhype of the night, if only because they pitched it like it was this big David versus Goliath sort of match. And then it didn't really play out like it. They picked I feel it like, like no Becky one Lynch was the though. heel. Well, yeah. but and Becky Lynch was the heel, but she didn't cheat to win. Um, Dewdrop didn't look badass, it, but she, I don't know. So that might be the overhype of the night for me. Um, and it's sad because I think Dewdrop. I'm fucking. I'm so over that name. Let her be Viper again, and just roll with it. But anyways. Um, but so we're going to keep rolling because we've been talking for an hour now and we'll just keep going with worst performance of the night. And I mean, this is I, for a Royal Rumble. There's a lot of options to say worst performance of the night. Like, oh, Molly Holly lasted 20 whole seconds. That's worst performance of the night. Oh, Molina only lasted, lasted 50 seconds. Uh, Cameron lasted 50 seconds. Those are. But were they worse performances? I don't think so, because they still told the story that they were supposed to tell. Right? Right. Um, worst performance might have been Dewdrop um, as an overall. Um, yeah. I mean, I would maybe have to go with Roman and Seth just because of the ending. You kind of really messed that up. You weren't supposed to be able to touch the ropes. Unless it was DQ'd because he touched the ropes and he did five seconds, and then that's why he disqualified him. That's why he disqualified is because. But here's the deal. That's going to come up in my worst move of the night. I'm spoiling it here. Uh, or worst moment, I guess. Worst moment of the night. So I'm spoiling that for you guys here. That's coming up in a couple. Um, but uh, to me, that the overall match was so good between them uh, right. that while while it left a bad taste in my mouth, an unfulfilled taste in my mouth with how it ended, I don't actually have a problem with how, with the way it ended overall. I have a problem with one moment out of it. So that's why I think Dewdrop's probably mine for worst performance because it's an overall sort of a thing. Just out of all of them. How do you do a schmoz finish on something you were preparing for? And this is why it was my uh, overhype. Um, How do you do a schmoz finish like that? And you built this story, which you know is ending right now because you're going to go face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Why not just have a crazy deadly 
good match and then just have Roman win anyways at the end because yeah. finally Roman gets his opportunity to well, shine against I, I'm I'm going to take exception to the phrase Schmaz finish because I think Schmaz finish is what happened in the Bobby Lashley match. Uh, this wasn't a Schmaz finish. This was a DQ finish that was Schmaz. And I'm, I'm using it in a term here. The way finish happened was wrong. And that's part of the problem. I don't have a problem with Roman looking fucking vicious and saying, I'm not letting go of the hold. I don't care if it DQs me. I retain the belt one way or another. I'm so angry at this guy. I'm not letting go of this hold. I don't have a problem with that. Um, so that's why it's not worst but performance because why performance do you have, is an overall thing. Why do you have the Usos banned and then you still use this stupid finish? Like you Be gave because us so much hype over it. I again, I dis I disagree here because this finish puts over Roman. Yes, he lost, but it puts him over from a vicious standpoint. He he's finally to the point where he's so vicious. He doesn't care whether he gets the W on the match. He retained the title and proved in the end that he was more vicious than Seth Rollins. The problem there was an execution problem with it. I and the problem, it's partially on Seth for blame, and it's partially on referee Charles Robinson for the blame. Uh, but like I said, that's why I, I get to that in worst moment, because I don't think that part of the finish ruined the performance of the match, because the match itself, performance-wise, was good. And I bought into the concept of Roman being so angry that he no longer cared about whether he won the match only whether he hurt Seth Rollins and whether he retained the championship. And he did both of those, which are heel things to do. And Roman's supposed to be the heel in this, right? That's why it's the heel move for, for the, the champion to just fucking walk out and say, I'll take the count out, right? I'll take the L. As long as I get to keep this belt, I'll take the L. That's what this was. This was Roman saying... I'll fucking take the L on this as long as I keep the belt and as long as I fucking hurt Seth Rollins. And I'm fine with that. It was the moment how they did it that is the problem. So that's why I disagree on it being worse performance than I. But that's fine. That's the whole point. Is you have your worst performance. I have my exactly. worst performance. And that's fine. I still disagree with it, though. So we're going to move on to worst move of the night. Hmm. Um, hmm. I mean, if we take it take it from a more metaphorical standpoint, the worst move of the night was having Brock win the Royal Rumble. That was the worst move, right? Right, for sure. Um, you could argue worst move was Kofi's feet hitting the ground. That was a bad move. Um, uh, you could argue that the worst move was Kelly Kelly's stupid fucking tilt a whirl. Um, or even having Kelly Kelly in there in the first place. Um, um, I'm going to say to me, worst move of the night was, and this is, this is being a little meta on it, but the worst move was doing the whole fucking someone almost gets eliminated, uh, but saves themselves miraculously and then just fucking gets eliminated 10 seconds later. Right. Um, 
you you have yeah. to make these They've miraculous been doing that for a few years now. Yeah. I don't know. And why. they need to they need to fucking stop. You have to start making these miraculous saves matter. You know, I'm not saying they have to win, but have them last another two to five minutes, right? Have them use this to evade uh, an elimination and maybe get an elimination afterwards. You know what I mean? Eliminate the person who thought they eliminated them. And then they come back in and they go for another run for a bit. And then they try to do the same miraculous thing again and get eliminated or something. But this was literally fucking Dana Brooke gets thrown out, caught on the outside by Reggie, put back in. And then, boom, eliminated. And that's just like, you go to this fucking well every fucking year, and you expect us to give you this pop, uh, and I'm tired of it. Un until we see someone who does this miraculous save last a little bit of time, I'm not popping for it anymore. And you know who's the victim, uh, majority of that? Kofi. When he does his little spot for the rumble thing, Mm -hmm. Every time he does his little spot and then he comes back in, he just gets eliminated. He just gets like, eliminated right away. Why? Yep. Yep. And that's why that's why the I'm done with it. First time he did it back in 2013. And I know this because I just saw it recently. Um he did the same thing. Mm -hmm. He's well, this is the one where he jumped from the the um, the announce table. He used uh JBL's uh, chair. chair. He hopped in as a like thing. it was a pogo stick. And then he just gets kicked out. And I'm like, yeah. come on. And that's it. Let, let them last. Have that elimination happen number 12 and let them last till number 16 comes in or some shit like that. But make it so it at least matters. So it's like, oh, look, they save themselves for a while. They might actually have a shot. But as of right now, I know anytime we get a miraculous comeback in that they're like immediately out. And that's what happened. So. My worst move would probably have to be um, for the technicians of the show for not realizing um, that, I don't know, the pyro would have melted your WrestleMania sign. I mean, you know, just uh, you figured. Hey, at oh. least they stopped people from post and pointing at for like 20 minutes while they put the fire out. That is true. Did, hey, so we uh, never actually saw the fire at all? Uh, not on screen. No, they yeah, screen, they, no. they would have said don't point at the WrestleMania sign for a bit, because uh, they they actually lowered it. They evacuated that section, moved everyone to different areas, lowered the sign down so they could put the fire out, then put it back up just so Brock's pyro at the end lit it back on fire again. Oh, really? I didn't hear about yeah. that. <laughs> oh Jesus! Fucking WWE. Okay, so we'll move on to worst moment. And like I said, for me, worst moment is in that Roman versus Seth match. And it's simply this, right? So uh, the guillotine choke is on. Seth's crawling towards the ropes. Crawling towards the ropes. Does not get to the ropes. Looks like he's passed out. Charles Robinson decides for whatever reason. Now, now keep in mind, this is part of why this is such a bad move is we've established in WWE that the referee can stop the match and declare a victor if they think the person is out, right? They no longer have to check. 
Back in the 90s, referees had to do the three-arm drop to prove that someone was out. But because of MMA coming along, where referees just make the decision, that person's out, matches over. WWE has moved to that style where the referee just decides the person's out. But in this one, for some reason or other, Charles Robinson decided, I'm going to pick up Seth Rollins' hand, and I'm going to drop it. Oops, I dropped it right on the ring or the ropes. Right. Oh, well, that means now he's in the ropes, so I have to stop the hold, right? Right. That's not how it works, Charles. The referee can't just pick someone's arm up and put it on the ropes and say, oh, it's a rope break, Right. Um, and so that's why I say a part of the blame goes to Seth because in reality, what it should have been was Seth crawling to the ropes, crawling to the ropes. He's reaching out, he's reaching out for the ropes and he's fading mm-hmm. and he's fading. And then his head goes down and then his arm falls on the rope. Then the referee makes the, the call. Oh, it's on the ropes, right? I have to break the hold. Referee doesn't have to do anything, but because Seth stopped prior to getting his hand on the ropes, the only way the referee could call for a rope break. rope break was to pick Seth's hand up and move it, and that's why it's my worst move of the night. Um, it's just dumb. Uh, yeah. And in the end, there's so many ways they could have worked around it. Um but instead, they had the referee pick up his arm and toss it on. Oh, look, which which now means in every match going forward, the referee needs to pick up their arm and make sure that their arm can't reach the ropes first before he calls them out. Right. Oh, I'm pretty sure he's out, but let's make sure his leg can't reach the rope. Oh, his leg can reach the rope. So it's a rope break. No, that's not a thing. Yeah, it was just a mess up. It was certainly a botch. It would, yeah, but the thing is, the problem is these botches establish a precedent, and so now we can look at all future ones and be like, why didn't the referee check to make sure? Because this is what the referee did here. So that's why it's my worst moment. <laughs> no one's going to think about Royal Rumble 2022 ever as a point of reference to anything. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's my two years move? later, and we're still talking about Hell in a Cell 2019. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, that's valid. Um, Yeah, my worst move is just, it just has to be Brock. As soon as I heard Brock coming into the Rumble, as soon as I heard uh, that theme music, I just instantly got disgusted. I almost threw up in my mouth. Um, I just got very disappointed uh, to the point where I think I'm literally just not going to watch legit any more weekly shows and just watch the pay-per-views if that. And... Even not watch the Saudi show. Well, I'm glad you're joining me on that. I never watched the Saudi show. (laughs) Um, So before we get, now's when we start going into the bests, right? And and I'm all for talking about the bests, although there's not a ton of bests on. But I'm going to take a break for a palate cleanser. That palate cleanser is opening another pack of these WWE Heritage 2021 cards. Uh, to nice. see if we've got anyone who's no longer with WWE. I believe we've got nine packs remaining. So four. Pick a number four. One, two, three, 
pack number four. Ooh. Put the box over there. Let's take a moment and see if we've got any cool cards in this here pack. Still have a, a hard time. I'm trying to find some AEW cards so we can do Still can't find anything? I can't find it in here. Hey, our first thir three packs in our first eliminated uh, or no longer with the company. Carrion Cross. Damn. Out of three packs, so 20 cards. That's the first one that is no longer with the company. <laughs> um, fired and then brought back Zelina Vega. Oh, that. There we go. The Queen of the Ring. Our first hollow card, a foil hollow Damien Priest. Oh, nice. That's a nice card. Yep. Our 2011 Superstar Miz card. Nice. I think there are 11 of those Superstar Miz cards. Our first <laughs> Allen and Ginter card of this pack. KO. Oh, okay. Nice, mm, nice. Nice. Nice Allen and Ginter card. I mean, I don't know if him have on that shirt on that background looks cool but you know sure yeah it kind of you know it's nice you know uh decorative like background and he's, he's got a <laughs> uh sleeveless t-shirt that says stun the world fight owens on it i don't know if it quite fits could have at least cool. added some effect to the him or mm -hmm. something to make him blend more Jeez. our second alan and gintor this one makes me excited this is like maybe my favorite card I've put so far. Ooh. Alan and Gintor Psycho Sid. Nice. And our final. And, uh, most notably known for pooping his pants when The Undertaker uh, gave him a tombstone, I believe, in SummerSlam of 92. Well, that might be most notably known for you. For me, it's that fucking uh, leg ankle break. break. No, fucking, that's. Fine. Oh, that thing haunts my dreams. <laughs> And yeah. then the final card of the night, a relatively recent card, Beardless Otis. Hey! Jackie! So, so Jackie. three packs in, only one person who's been fired from WWE so far. Thank God you didn't get, like, the masked carrying cross. That would have been, been fucking epic. Um... <laughs> Now, this was the first card we pulled from the first pack, and it's someone who still hasn't been released. Free Ali. Mm -hmm. um, let me. I'm gonna separate my Allen and Ginter cards out because I like them. Um, and then put my foil card out separate. How much um, did you pay for that pack? Twenty bucks for the whole box. Oh, no bad. So, I ain't complaining. But yeah. Do, do, do. And so far I've gotten two Superstar Miz cards. So no. But the Damien Priest is my first hollow one. That's nice cool. One. So. Hey, DA Fabe must have woke up. 
Okay, now that our palette is in, let's talk about best moments. This is probably going to be the tougher uh, part of the night, though. Uh, yeah, best moment. Sure. Seth Rollins coming out in shield gear. Yep. 110%. Or Roman asking for the title and Paul Heyman giving it to him. Either way, oh no, that's two separate matches. But yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much where I'm going. Yeah, the 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 Seth in Shield. In fact, I'm gonna be even more specific to it. Sierra Hotel, Indigo, Echo, Lima, yeah. Delta. That moment there was the best moment, and that was in the first three minutes of the actual pay per view. Yeah. That, does say a lot about the pay-per-view as a whole when the best moment was the second ring entrance of the entire night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I mean, the Brock Lashley match was pretty interesting at the beginning, but then Lash, uh, but then uh, Lesnar just fully taking over with so many suplexes. Although... Very impressive because Lashley's freaking huge. I um, I did get a little worried. I'm gonna say this. <laughs> I mentioned I it on the stream. I think that's why he tilted his back, though Lashley, because I felt like Brock was throwing him too hard or something. Because mm -hmm. at some point Lashley started falling more on his side. He did, but the problem is that puts all that pressure, all that impact on your shoulder instead of your back, right? And that's what causes torn rotator cuffs and fucking dislocated shoulders and shoulder injuries. I, I, I felt what... like that was on purpose, though, Lashley was doing, though. Because I feel like, because I, I saw those back bumps and I'm like, oh, my God, that looked painful. But, you know, I'm just like, whatever. And then I, I noticed those other ones were on the side. And I'm like, okay. I, as someone who has fallen both flat on his back on cement and on a shoulder on cement, I am telling you this now. Flat on your back hurts less. And flat on your back is better yeah, but in it, the long it run. It just looked like he was trying to turn himself, though. I, I think well, it was less yeah. him. And it might have been, but my point is still, in the end, that's a bad thing. It, it doesn't matter whether he was doing it or whether Brock was doing it. Because mm -hmm. uh, to me, it looked more like Brock's release started. He started releasing the guy different. And because he was releasing... Lashley different. He was flying out different. Um, instead of trying to throw him in a straight belly-to-back suplex, in a straight German suplex, right. he was trying to throw him in almost an exploder, which tilts them halfway through it. And that's okay. where I think the problem was. Um, but but it, in the end, it doesn't matter to me whether it was uh, on Bobby Lashley adjusting or whether it was on Brock. In the end, I was worried most of the night, most of that time, about Bobby Lashley's shoulder. Because as a person who had to have rotator cuff surgery on my right shoulder, that's how rotator cuff surgery happens. Right. That's sure. how you fuck up your rotator cuff. It's by landing that's on That's a that lot shoulder. of weight going on your shoulder. Like, a fuck. lot of weight landing on a very precarious joint. Right. Right. 
it's it's one of the only ball joints that we have. It's our shoulders and our hips are the only cup and ball joints that we have. The rest of them are a lot more sturdy. Rotator cuffs are fucking really, really easy to injure. And they're not fun. Here's the deal. I'm telling you this. I'm I'm not like a high-level athlete and anything like that. Nope. But after, after rotator cuff surgery, my arm does not move the way it used to move. Uh, like throwing a ball, I cannot throw a ball the same way anymore because my arm mm. does not move in the same motions that it used to because of the way they had to rearrange the ligaments in doing this rotator cuff surgery. Um, and so you have to get rotator cuff surgery. Suddenly every move that Bobby Lashley has to do, he has to learn to do in a different way. So I'm telling you, I don't care whose fault it was that he was landing on his shoulder. It could have been Bobby's fault, him choosing to land on his shoulder because the back bump hurt or whatever. But I'm telling you that that was the bad choice. And it risked his shoulder being damaged right. more than anything. As I, even just from the standpoint of the the reason a, a flat back bump hurts less than than landing on your shoulder is simply distribution of force. It's the same reason you can lay on a bed of nails and not get punctured, but if you try to step on a single nail, you fuck up your foot, right? Right. Because you're spreading force out amongst a hundred nails or a thousand nails instead of one nail, right? When you land flat on your back or just flat on your shoulders, both shoulders down like this, right? You spread that impact out across that entire area. It hurts less and it's less damaging to your body. You start landing on one single spot. The entire impact is going into that one single spot. And that's when you fuck up your shoulder. And I was worried for Bobby Lashley's shoulder through that. And no reports. So thank God he's uh, good. Fortunately, it looks like he uh, was good, but. But no, for me, 100% best moment was the first 10 minutes of the show. Um, I mean, here, here's the deal is, right? In, in, like in a period... no Alexa, no Bailey, no, no Oscar. Like, you could have given us any of those. Well, maybe Bailey's not ready yet. Bailey had posted a picture on Twitter, mm-hmm. whatever. She was just chilling. Uh, but we know Oscar is seemingly fine. I don't know if Oscar's randomly outside of the country or something and chilling, you know. But uh, I don't know. But but you had Alexa Bliss, okay. Mm-hmm. But Bliss didn't do anything. Like I just don't get it. No, but that's my point. Is that that now? Here's part of it. part of what makes that such a great moment is because of the music, right? Which brings us to talking about the fucking generic ass music that they're moving to uh again ricochet got new music Shayna baszler got new music um and i get it here's what it is they're trying to move away from cfo dollar signs um because of a whole licensing shit with that and they don't want to pay for it anymore and all this stuff. but the night because they moved ricochet and Shayna baszler to their new music on fucking SmackDown, the night before the Royal Rumble, a event that one's entrance music is where you get your pop, 
right, is not the time to change entrance music. But it was fucking generic, bland-ass music. I got a newsflash um, for you, though. Hmm. WWE doesn't care about Ricochet or Shayna Baszler. They Very don't. unfortunate. But, but, but they should care about pop. They don't. Because not for them. The, it doesn't matter about who it's for. The, their whole thing with Royal Rumble is the countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Who's it going to be? And it's someone. Yeah, pop. But when you change people, because Ricochet and Shayna Baszler are just the latest in this example, right? But you're changing fucking everybody's music to something to get away from CFOs, right? Uh, you're changing so many people's music. And that's bringing it back to it being the best moment. Part of what made it the best moment is they used the music that we were familiar with for that wrestler, right? right. In this case, it was the Whatever. Shield entrance. Right. Mm -hmm. But because we were so familiar with it, as soon as we heard Sierra, I knew exactly what was fucking happening and I right. popped. Right. right. Like, yeah, that's the way to do it. Um, that might have that might have been fun on the stream to see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, the replays up for like 14 more days. So, you know, <laughs> um, but the, the problem is uh, the rest of the night. Most of the people moved to have been moved to generic ass music over the time, and and so most of the Royal Rumble countdown moments, the pop was limited because I didn't recognize who they were introing until I finally saw them. Even Queen Zelina got a new ring entrance music last night. Um, now um, hers was at least. Um, recognizable because it said like bow to the queen or something like that right off the bat. Mm -hmm. So we knew it was Queen Zelina, right? But so many of them, because they're trying to move away from CFOs, they're moving them to bland ass music and that it suffered because of that. Anyways, I'm going to skip breakout star of the night because I don't think that there was one, right? Bad Bunny. See, I thought he was the breakout star a year ago. <laughs> but he's only there once every year, so bad bunny. Yep. Uh, not a breakout star for me because dude, that high risk maneuver star. was dope. Uh, when the sad thing off, is, uh, uh, a bad bunny looks better than half of the legends in the men's royal rumble. Yeah, um, straight up. Um, I say legends. There really wasn't a whole lot of fucking legends. Um, so no, let's say half of the mid card and no Kane. No. Yeah. In fact, in fact, let's talk about that. I'm going to I'm going to take this best line thing off. We'll come back to best line. Because let's talk about the Men's Royal Rumble a bit. Um there was almost fucking no surprises aside from Brock. And Shane. Um Well, Shane Shane is the almost when I say almost no. Like we I knew Bad Bunny was gonna be in it as soon as on the pre-show they played a ten minute long thing about Bad Bunny, right? I'm like, up, oh, he's yeah. gonna be in the Royal Rumble. And his concert so, coming out, uh, yeah, all of this stuff. I'm like, oh yep, he's gonna be on. Uh Johnny Knoxville we knew was gonna be there, so But that was god awful. Like I, I thought you would have gave J Johnny Knoxville a little bit more bumps, a little bit mm -hmm. this, he's some crazy stuff. Yeah. I, I get I, it. It's a I rumble, personally thought and thought the whole thing, I said it on on the stream, 
we were talking about it. I was immediately wrong, but I thought the whole thing would be Sami Zayn comes in, gets eliminated by Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville gets to celebrate that he eliminated Sami Zayn, and then fucking someone comes along and eliminates Knoxville. And it didn't happen that way. It, it, they went the other way and had Sami Zayn eliminate Johnny Knoxville. Um, but here's the deal. Bad Bunny, Johnny Knoxville, and Shane McMahon were literally the only non-active wrestlers in the entire men's Royal Rumble. Yep. Yep. That's it. Everyone else was an, a current active wrestler in some way, right? Only one of them has a movie coming out February 4th, Jackass Forever. Mm-hmm. Not sponsored. Um, Shane McMahon, um, it's a family pop thing. You know, his dad calls him and says, hey, I know you're not currently on our contract for as a wrestler, but you want to come in and, and do a thing? Shane McMahon's like, yeah, I'm doing my other business, but I'll come and do one night. Um, but uh, fucking... Other than that, everyone else in the Royal Rumble was a current WWE superstar. Some of them and, maybe and shouldn't I, have been I, in the Royal Rumble, but... I would love the dirt sheets to tell me um, mm. if they get info on if WWE has tried to contact certain people and they just rejected. You know what I mean? Because how do you not try to get any older legends? Uh, you had... Nope, nope. I'm thinking of an older Roy Rumble. Um, how do you just not try to get older legends kind of thing? You know what I mean? Well, how do you not try to I get... I mean, reportedly... Mick or... Yeah, there was uh, there was a lot of reports about Mick Foley. I think Mick Foley uh, probably just said, listen, I'm not in shape to do this shit. I killed my right. body for 20 years, and now That's it's it. time for me to fucking relax um, yeah. and just enjoy my retirement, sign some autographs do my shit like that mm-hmm. um uh but yeah no th- there are others like you mentioned kane um kane, undertaker's yeah. retired and, and here's the i i i get it from this standpoint i think undertaker is like i'm retired i want to i want to at least for a few years be retired right Correct. when i said i'm retired when i said my career was over i want that to mean something for a while at least <laughs> um right. So I get it. But here's the deal. Kane's not retired. All right. He's he's the thing. Fucking the JBL Boogeyman's wasn't at the kickoff retired. show, but yeah. I guess. But the boogeyman's not retired. Fucking Where's your little classic Santino Morella come in? I yeah. Mean, Santino Morello's not retired. Fucking uh uh the Godfather slash yeah, whatever but character honestly... you want him to come in. No, here's the deal. These people, they're there for a pop and then get eliminated. That's the whole point of the for the Royal But it's what makes the Royal Rumble fun is these surprise someones, right? So you have the Godfather come out and get eliminated. You have the fucking Boogeyman come out and get eliminated. I'm not a fan and of the Boogeyman. Why wouldn't have but... Seth Rollins have been in the match? If you have freaking Brock Lesnar who just had a match, why the heck... Wouldn't you have used Seth Rollins to be in there as well? Like, if you're gonna, uh, the only card... reason I can think is to sell the fact that after Roman was DQ'd, Roman hit him on the back with a chair like thirty times. Mm, I'm exaggerating, right. but it was like ten. So you have right. him not in there to sell that he was injured by that. But here's the deal, right? Yeah, Madcap Moss in the Royal Rumble. 
Um, store. Yet Omos in the Royal Rumble. I guess the reason is so that then you can have that moment where fucking six people join together to eliminate him. Uh, you had right. Dominic Mysterio in the Royal Rumble, and he didn't even fucking turn on his dad. And he didn't even, they didn't even do anything with the Street Profits either. Like, no, I don't know. Yeah, like, Street there Profits. Was, uh, there was so many stories that they were telling before the Rumble that they could have just told during the Rumble as well to keep it kind of going, but they just didn't mesh with anything. And it was no. just so weird to me. And then, like, why do you have KO get eliminated by Shane? Are you, like, the, and I was waiting for the commentators to say something of their feud way back when. But they didn't even do that. I was like, okay, so just have KO lose to Shane. And then, uh, I don't know, man. There was just so many stupid eliminations. <sighs> but in the end, part of why it was disappointing was the fact that it had basically no surprises. And I'd say basically, yes, Shane was the sole surprise. I don't count Brock as a surprise because two matches earlier... We knew he was going to be in it, right? In yeah. fact, I'm going to tell you something that you didn't know because you didn't watch the kickoff show. Fucking Pete Rosenberg fucking ruined it even more. Mm. Because when they were talking about the Royal Rumble and who your picks to win were, he picked Brock Lesnar. Oh, really? At the time, Brock Lesnar wasn't in the Royal Rumble. Well, we don't know that necessarily, though. They had a graphic that showed all the people declared for the Royal Rumble, and Brock yeah. Lesnar was not on it. And and from oh, a kayfabe funny. standpoint, the graphic is canon, because right. that's all we know. Everyone else is a surprise. So for Pete Rosenberg to be like, well, we can't count out Brock Lesnar. He's going to come into that, you know... Um, in fact, I think he even said number 30. I'll, I, I'd have to rewatch it to be certain on that. <laughs> but, okay. but fucking years, in the end, at that point in time, we were not supposed to know Brock Lesnar was in the match. Whether he was in the match or not, yeah. we were not supposed to know. But the whole so point Pete of Rosenberg, it is anybody could be in the Royal Rumble, so why not Brock? So, 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 so you have Pete Rosenberg Rumble. say... Listen, there's still a bunch of open spots in it, so I can't pick a winner because I don't know. It could be someone like Brock Lesnar shows up in the Royal Rumble. It and you're could sure be, he didn't say that? I am certain he did not say it could be because I'm certain he said, don't forget Brock Lesnar is entering at, and I believe he said number 30. No way. I Okay, I'm going to have to check that out too. I don't think... I'm 90% certain that's fucked up. He said, yeah. he said Brock Lesnar at number 30. He said it not like he could be coming in. It was that he was in the Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar is in the Royal Rumble. Um, Damn. And that's the problem, right? Um, because, like I said, you could say anything can happen in a Royal Rumble. You could have Brock Lesnar enter, um, and then it's fine, right? But he right. didn't say it that way. Because I Damn. even said on the live stream, he just said Brock Lesnar's, but Brock Lesnar's not on the graphic. I don't think Brock Lesnar declared for the Royal Rumble. Right. So, um, so yeah. Okay. We're going to go back into the best line. 
I don't know. This was one of those pay-per-views that didn't have a ton of talking at it. So best line. I mean, when you've got two hour-long matches in a pay-per-view, it's a little tough to have a whole lot of smack talking. Um, Did Roman at least say St. Louis acknowledge me? I don't believe so. He might have. I don't remember if he got on the mic before. Um, So he might have. I can't say so for certain. I don't remember it happening. Um, Well, that would have been my best line. um, For me, the best line was uh, Sierra Hotel Indigo Echo Lima Delta. That's it. That's the best line there. Got the biggest or, pop. Or uh, John McAfee dropping Mox's name all the time. That might that be it, yeah. <laughs> With his brother Moxley. <laughs> Straight up. Uh, or, but. not even at the Rumble, but Corey Graves making a nice little jab. Brock Lesnar took my number. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have been happier to see Corey Graves come in number 30. That would have been I'd've, a pop. I would have popped fuck hard for that. And I didn't even watch like NXT when he was in that. Um, just from well, a standpoint of so someone coming back from those injuries and yeah. and making it, yeah, I would have popped hard for it. But um, so we'll move on. Best performance of the night. I've got my best performance, and it's probably going to surprise some people to hear me say it. But fucking Roman Reigns, from beginning to end, his part of the night he played perfectly right i know you disagree on the end of the roman versus seth match but for me no but that's more sets doing and the referees yeah, doing though for that. yeah but for um, me roman did his part right and then coming out later to attack brock lesnar and all that stuff performance of the night for me i'd agree with that i think that's uh spot on considering there wasn't a lot of other people who did perform well. So Roman, though, definitely uh, would take it for Royal Rumble. Okay. We agree. Under hype of the night, was there any match? I don't know if there's going to be one that gets this. Was there any match that didn't get talked about that surprised you? And the reason I say that is there were only really four non-Royal Rumble matches. And they were all fairly hyped, you know. Yeah, exactly. I I think that was the issue because they were all overhyped that by the time we got to it, we were expecting creme de la creme and we got creme de la poo. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We got like just complete trash and utter disappointment through and through. So I don't know. Not available. Okay. OMG moment of the night. Was there a moment that made you say, holy shit? Probably um, Lashley German suplexing Brock. That to me was pretty, pretty crazy. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) There was that time that Lashley hit Brock with like three spears in a row. Mm -hmm. That, I don't know if it was three, but two or three spears in a row. That was pretty good. Or even Brock's German suplex and didn't even let go of him picked him back up and like did another one. And I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> but Brock's oh. a beast. Both of them are beasts. It's just wild to me. The tough thing is, and I said this kind of earlier, I try to keep this out of my mind when watching WWE uh, and all that stuff. But 
this Royal Rumble came the same week that we had uh, a springboard diamond cutter off the top of a 12-foot ladder um, and a vertical suplex off the top of a 15-foot ladder and a crossroads off the top of a 12-foot ladder. Okay, and, but you can't and, compare them. Because no, AEW can't, but, is gold for their wrestling, and yeah. WWE in the is end, gold for their well, story That's why I said I try to keep them out, but in the end, it's hard to have an OMG moment when earlier in the week, I literally jumped out of my seat three times in one match. And so right. there wasn't a moment in these that, that I was like, oh, holy, I mean, uh, the closest was, holy shit, is Sasha Banks dressed up like Sailor Moon? <laughs> that's probably the closest omg moment she did look spot on she did uh yeah. i mean maybe uh ivory coming out to rtc that i wasn't expecting maybe and it brought back a little nostalgia then they ruined it by her going in and out yes if they really wanted to have this whole um the forbidden doors open they would have really pushed hard to get serena deeb to show out as straight edge um uh just have her show up as straight edge with the x's on the back of her hand um but they're not going to do that because that would remind people of cm and they don't want people to remember that cm punk exists so right uh we're gonna move to best move of the night best single move So it's a mix between the Canadian Destroyer from Bad Bunny or um, Brock's double German suplex not letting go of Lashley. Uh, for me, it probably came during the Roman-Seth match. There was a period in that where Seth hit, I think, all of his fingers, including the right. stomp on Roman. Um, and it didn't put Roman away. Uh, that might have been the best move there, but I don't know. So the final, final category of the night, match of the night. What's your choice? Pick your poison. It's not the Rumbles. It's not Miz and Maurice. So I just have Seth and Roman and Brock and Lashley, correct? Um, or uh, Becky and Dewdrop. Oh, it's definitely or... not Becky and Dewdrop. Okay. So, yeah, Seth and Roman. That's my match of the night. Aside from the problem at the end, I'll call it, it was the best overall match. It yeah, was and it was the match that I had the I had the most will they or won't they? I I all the other matches I kind of knew how they were gonna go. Right. I knew Edge and Beth were gonna win. Um we knew if Brock went into the men's Royal Rumble, he was gonna win. We knew Ronda Rousey, if she shows up, she's gonna win. I oh, I didn't and her have... post interview, by the way. Did you see it? I didn't. I, so did, I didn't need seconds. help sleeping last night. It, it it was just really garbage. Like, one, you could obviously tell it wasn't scripted. 
and Ronda was just talking like Ronda. But she, I think we're gonna get a heel Ronda, which might be weird because then you're not gonna face Charlotte, I guess, or I don't know. Because uh, the interviewer had asked her, "How did you feel about the reaction that you got from the crowd?" And she mentioned, "Well, I'm not gonna get fooled like that again." Just saying. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, why are you turning heel? What do you mean? I don't think it's turning heel. I think it's just staying heel. She was heel before. She's heel again. But her whole thing, um, the whole thing with her heel turn at the last one. She's a shitty heel. But her whole thing with her heel turn at the end of the previous uh, run was because she was trying to keep the crowd happy. And uh, they didn't appreciate how good she was or whatever. And so she's not going to fall for that again because she doesn't care what the crowd thinks. I get it. But no, mm-hmm. in the end, uh, you're right. It's going to be heel Shayna, but it's going to be heel Shayna versus heel uh, fucking... I mean, I love how you said Shayna. I mean, that sounds awesome to me, but it's no, definitely not yeah, Shayna. He- heel Ugh. Ronda. <laughs> Got me all excited heel, again. God heel Ronda versus heel Charlotte. That's what I meant to say. Heel Charlotte is what it is. But it's going to be heel versus heel. Um, so, um, but yeah. It, the best match of the night was the first match of the night. And uh, it was maybe a three and a half. Which also match had total. potentially had the botch of the night. Yeah. Yep. Not counting Kofi's but, little. But in the end, you know, I, I don't want to oversell that. It was It was a good match, but it was like a three and a half star match. You know? Um, yeah, I'll give it a three. Yeah, well, a three and a half star match brought down to a three by the shitty ending, right? Um, um everything else though, like two, mm-hmm. two and a half. Yep. Which brings us to uh, us us saying this. I'm kind of sad that Da Fave wasn't able to join this here stream, uh, because I was gonna rub it in his face. I was gonna be like, in your face. I think that's why he didn't show up. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's scared. <laughs> Fucking chicken is what he is. Because uh, he was all like, oh, you're going to have to, you know, uh, you're going to eat your words when I said that GCW was the best pay-per-view of the year so far. He said only until Royal Rumble. Then you're going to have to have best pay-per-view of the year so far uh, shirt for Royal Rumble. And Nope. It by far, and me, and me for me, the best pay per view of the year so far was Hard to Kill, and I just find it funny how Mickey James was on both the best pay per view of the year for me and the worst pay per view of the year for me. And by mm-hmm. the way, I said this to you before, but probably the worst pay per view of the decade, or and the worst Royal Rumble. I'm willing yeah. to go. It, it, that far. it might. I, I'm not willing to go quite that far um, because I I I think we've had some really shitty WWE pay-per-views. Um, and, and so I can't put this as worst pay-per-view of the decade because, I mean, I guess we're only two years into the decade, so maybe. Oh, but okay. Well, last I, 10 years, I, though, is more I, what I'm referring I can't, to. I can't, um, I can't remember... Uh, for certain, but I'm pretty certain that within the last two years, there were ones we hated worse than this. I mean, we've had two Helena cells that were really fucking shitty. 
Um, so, but it was definitely the worst pay-per-view of the year and arguably maybe the worst Royal Rumble. Um, and part of it was, again, Royal Rumbles are supposed to be fun because they're supposed to be filled with these pop moments where we see all this nostalgia. And we got almost no nostalgia in the Men's Royal Rumble. And in the Women's Royal Rumble, our nostalgia was Melina, Kelly Kelly, Mich- Michelle McCool, Cameron, Alicia Fox, Summer Ray, Nikki and Brie Bella, uh, Ivory, Molly Holly and Mickey James, Molly Holly. Yeah, she's she's the and Lita, Lita and Molly Holly were probably the biggest. Yeah, like nostalgia pops. Um, and you gave them a combined less than 11 minutes. Um, but men's had almost nothing. And that's where half the fun of a Royal Rumble is, is those nostalgia pops. Even if you even if you don't have them in the Royal Rumble, you have them backstage teasing that they might enter. You have fucking Ted DiBiase walking around with his million dollars going, you know. Why didn't you have anyone from NXT? Yeah, not a single NXT star. Not a one. Despite the fact that we know that LA Knight, Io Shirai, um, uh, fucking Roddy, um, and who the other one? Why did you have Veer Um, premiere? Or like that, like. Yeah, fucking Veer, you've been teasing for four years now. Comic book uh, chick there uh, with the lightning when she premiered on SmackDown. Uh, Yeah, Zia Lee. Zia Lee, what? She wasn't even, I don't think she was there, right? Nope, she was not. Uh, But again, we had, we had, I know, we know for a fact that LA Knight and Roderick Strong have been backstage at both Raw's and SmackDown's over this last week. So why the fuck did we not have them surprise entrant into the Royal Rumble? I'm telling you, I hope there's a report. I hope there's a report that the script was ripped up and Vince just... Because it doesn't make any sense how you have all of this talent. This sounds like it was a rushed scripting job. Like, listen, I don't know. I don't have time. This is what it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, it just... Like, no one knew what was going on. It was weird. The thing is, I, I can... I can almost bet that this did not have a ton of of Vince McMahon change at the end. And that's due to a personal thing for Vince McMahon. But the fact that that morning his mother died at 101 years old. She was old, right? Um, Mm. But I'm betting he was more concerned with that than with rewriting the Royal Rumble. Uh, It also, here's the deal. If you're rewriting the Royal Rumble, um, we'd still get word that there were a bunch of Hall of Famers backstage that ended up not being used. There hasn't been any reports of that yet. Right. Which means that the Hall of Famers that we saw were all that were intended. Which is shitty. So, Which is really bad. <laughs> and Or, man, you know what? Maybe no one wants to come back. Maybe they that did is... try. 
I, I hope they, I, I hope at least that gets reported somehow, way, shape, or form. Maybe mm-hmm. like if they ended up trying to call a whole bunch of people to come, and then just a well, bunch of people were like, no. I mean, we know we mentioned earlier. We know that they've been trying to get Jeff Hardy back, and he said, "Fuck All no." Right. Um, right. And so I bet we want you back to be a surprise entrance in the Royal Rumble was part of the pitch, and he was like, "Nah, I'm good." Yeah, I mean, at least Mickey James had got that apology for the garbage bag scenario, but mm-hmm. how many people didn't? Yeah. Right. So. Well, but on top of it, it it all comes down to, even if there was an apology, even if there was all this stuff, it, if you spend the past three years looking at the way a company is treating their current wrestlers, you're gonna think twice before you come in, even for a one-off spot. Right. Yeah, but I mean, Mickey is also just upping her brand, right? Too. So. Yeah, Mickey. Mickey's doing it for 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 Impact. She's doing it right. for NWA. She's doing it for all that. But right. but again, I'm going to point out there's been a whole lot of talk about oh, WWE's open to working with other other companies and and all of this stuff. This is all about one one single person from another company in the entire Royal Rumble. Just yeah, one. I know. The, those people are just in denial. I And I don't think anyone, unless, I, I just don't see Vince bowing enough control to these companies because these companies aren't going to trust you. You have AEW, who has a lot of ex-WWE wrestlers who were mm-hmm. um, fired by them recently yeah. in the last... Hey three years you know so and then you have impact who also has the same but also you have a bunch of people who are just there anyways in the back managerial and so on um that already know what's up and what kind of company wwe is and if not you have friends who were there i mean in the end money talks is what it comes down to so um if wwe had wanted more people from impact there would have been more people from impact Impact 100% because them appearing in the Royal Rumble raises Impact's profile. So Impact would have been like, yeah, you you want you want Moose? Moose was being talked around heavily like he that was going to awesome. be in the Men's Royal Rumble. And it would have been fucking awesome. And he wouldn't have won. We know that. Hmm. You know that. I know that. But he would have come in. It but he would have got eliminated profile. by Omos. <laughs> yeah. But it would have raised the profile of Impact Wrestling, right? Um, fucking Nick Aldis from NWA. If they'd have called him, he's Mickey James' husband. So right. if they would have said, "Hey, you want to make an appearance, um, in the Royal Rumble, uh, we'll introduce you as NWA World's Champion Nick Aldis." He's not anymore, but former NWA World's Champion Nick Aldis. Um, he would have done it, right? Billy Corgan would have jumped at that opportunity to have right. NWA talked about on WWE. Um, if, if they wanted Jordan Grace, but Impact was like, well, you're not one of our champions, they could have called up Zello Pro and Zello Pro would have said, oh yeah, she's our champion. Fucking they, if they wanted Brian Cage, right? His contract almost up. They call him, they call uh, AW and AW says, no, he, he says, well, I, I'll go and represent warrior wrestling where I'm the current champion. Or some shit like that, right? Extreme they had, <laughs> they had options to do. They just fucking didn't. 
And if they really wanted to look like they're playing well with the others, this was their chance to, and they didn't do it. So, All right. Um, but anyways, so on that note, I said before, like, I'm not, I'm not quite as down on it as you. In fact, I'm not saying it's a shit pay-per-view. It was shit. unfulfilling. It was <laughs> unfulfilling. It, it, every match had a chance to be fulfilling and to give you a storyline that you could get behind. And every match failed. Two out and of ten. Even, even the one match that I think did, well, the two matches, two matches that I think did what they were supposed to do in one way or another, and that's Roman versus Seth and Brock versus Lashley. Does, um, does Dave Meltzer ever rate the Royal Rumbles? Um, yeah, well, I, I think he does. I think by nature, multi-man matches like that don't tend to get stars. Um, oh, okay. So he just, just he'll there. probably do the just the other matches then. Okay. Yeah. The, the damn it, I would have been curious. <laughs> but either um, we'll, way, I'm curious. We'll to find out in about. a few days. The Wrestling Observer. Walt, uh, uh, what culture totally was not a fan of Royal Rumble mm-hmm. either. Yeah, for for he, me in the he's trying to be like, positive as well, but yeah, I I'm not saying it was a great pay per view. I'm just saying it wasn't the shittiest pay per view. I guarantee you. I I if I start going back and looking over the last three years of WWE, I'm gonna find three of them that I thought were shittier, um, and at least one of them is probably gonna be a hell in a cell. Because but I mean, really you're gonna have probably at least one or two good matches on that card. I feel because and I really think we had two good, good matches. Match. I think we had two three star matches on this, which I I would say are good matches. Um, that being said, in the end, right, three out of five, purely middle of the road. Which for a Royal Rumble, that's bad. Yeah. Right. Oh, um, sure. and, and so it is the worst pay-per-view of the year so far. Um, and very, very easily could end up being the worst pay-per-view of the year. Well, WWE I mean, is going to have to, gonna have to, chamber. yeah, the, the WWE is going to have to really put something together to be worse than this. They're almost going to have to try. Um, I'm not putting it past them. They might do it. But and then again, they're going to give a lot more money for the Saudi Arabia show. So uh, mm-hmm. maybe that might be the pay-per-view to look forward to. I'm not going to look forward to it because I ain't going to watch it. No, that's valid. I'm just going to hear about it. I'm not going to watch it either. I'm not going to. Uh, I don't know what to do anymore. Like you wasted a month of my time to hype up this pay-per-view with all of these storylines. And... um You've essentially gave me the same storylines anyways. Royal Rumble is supposed to be like your road to WrestleMania, not the road you were already on to the same show that we already knew back in like December of the exact storylines that you were doing. Oh, no, we have Ronda now. So excuse me. We'll just have someone who hasn't been there for three years show up demolish everybody because the people who've worked their asses off for the past three years where Ronda hasn't been there doesn't matter because Vince McMahon is an asshat. Yep. 
Oh, man. But on that note. Oh, please. Yeah, let's I'm, wrap I'm things depressed. up. Yeah. Well, AEW should be good. We're going to have uh, MJF versus CM Punk in Chicago this week. Yeah, that should um, be a fun time. I'm glad that this time. feud is ending. Um, yeah, I think I think the feud's going to end. It's going to either end with Wardlow helping MJF beat CM Punk or Wardlow costing MJF uh, the victory. Right. Um, one way or another, I think it's going to at least look like MJF was going to win. Okay. Um, that's what I suspect. I expect uh, this to be a match that's M- that's CM Punk putting MJF over in some way. Even if CM Punk still gets the victory in the end because Wardlow turns on MJF. Um, right. It's still going to put MJF over. But, but I, you know, that's the sad thing is we're talking about a WWE pay-per-view and uh, I'm not excited for Raw tomorrow. Why? Ronda Rousey's going to gonna be there. Snore. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. I'm just... Uh, I don't think I'm going to watch. So I'll just watch Twitter afterwards and look at the results. I, I'll I'll watch, but here's, here's the dirty secret. I've fallen asleep during Raw the past, like, three weeks. Because yeah. it just hasn't I mean, been exciting enough to keep me going. Right? <laughs> And honestly, and then when I have to do my tops and drops for WPN, <coughs> I sometimes forget what happened on Raw because it was just so crap. Like, you had Raw end uh, last week with uh, the Miz and Maurice thing, and which, granted, okay, was a whatever segment, but at the same time, why the fuck do you end your show with that? Like, I don't know. It's um, just too long. Because they wasted Cut so your much show. time on a, on a spelling bee earlier. Hey, spelling uh, bee was by, by the way, a spelling bee that was botched because Otis misspelled a word and they said it was correct. That's valid. Yep. <laughs> so they, they they didn't even do their spelling bee right. Anyways, but on that note, we're gonna close the book on this. Thank God it's over. Oh. Let's roll on. Um we've got we've got a little bit over a month until revolution. For AEW, so uh, we've got this next month. This is when feuds are going to really start heating up to to set the table for Revolution, um, which could be what happens, right? MJF turns, versus or, no, Mox. MJF. Yeah, that Brian versus Mox is going to be fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but uh, Wardlow turns on MJF to either help CM Punk win or... MJF gets the win over CM Punk and then proceeds to get get a symphony of power bombs in the ring, setting up MJF versus Wardlow for Revolution. Either of those are probably likely going to happen. All right. Um, but um, I I gotta be honest, I don't know. Have they even announced other matches for Dynamite this week? I don't think so. That that's the only one that I know of offhand that they've announced. Yeah, but it's also only Sunday, huh? So they still have Monday, yeah. Tuesday, elevation, well, stuff happens there, whatever. I anticipate we will get an appearance by Danhausen, maybe finally an announcement of some sort of an actual something with Danhausen. Well, 
He's been killing it on social media, though. He always kills like it on social media. Here, we'll, we'll just talk about this real quick before we end, because here's what it comes in. People are, are, are all like, who the fuck? Uh, why are they signing Wardlow? He's a mid-card guy, that, guy at best. Not Wardlow. Uh, Dan Housen. Why are they signing Dan Housen? He's a mid-card guy, that, guy at best. Uh, here's the deal. Not every signing has to be a main eventer. <clears throat> it's it's 100 that way not every uh, orange cassidy might never be considered a main eventer he might never go after the world title right after that adam cole match though i don't know he might i'm not saying he won't but he doesn't have to right right um it, it, that main event title the main event title the world title is not necessarily the best point for everyone Dan Housen's going to come in. He's going to fucking sell a shit ton of merch. Right. An absolute fuckload of merch is going to go out from Shop AEW that says Dan Housen on it, has his face on it. The dude can work. He's he's very similar to an Orange Cassidy in this respect. He's got kind of a silly gimmick. Um, but when the chips are down, he can fucking work. Just like Orange Cassidy, his gimmick is silly. He does the little stupid kicks and and all of that stuff. Uh, but then he can go when he has to, right? Right. It's the same thing with Dan Housen. Um, but in the end, he was able to get a gimmick over in the modern era, sell a shit ton of merch without a major contract for most of it, right? He's going to bring eyes to the product. He's going to sell merch like it's going out of fucking style. Mm. He's going to elevate the brand, and he might never be in the main event title picture. Ever. That's right? it. And he doesn't have to be, right? He can be that guy that wanders around in the mid-card and, and puts people over and makes people look good and has fun and gets people's eyes on the product, right? Um, a, an example that that resonates right now with WWE fans is Ron Killings, right? Fucking R-Truth. Mm. R-Truth's not a main event guy right now. He was at one point, but he's not right now. Um, but he doesn't have to be, right? His job is not to be the main event. His job is to be in this mid-card, stirring it up in the mid-card, being funny, being entertaining, selling some merch, right? Getting people to watch the show. That's it. That's fucking yeah. Dan Housen, right? Okay. And... um. I think I think it's going to open up some sponsorships for AEW, right? I think the first thing we're going to see is we're going to see some sponsorships with A and W in AEW. <laughs> Why is that? Um, a... Well, because because Danhausen in his in the interim time between when Ring of Honor announced that they were letting people go, right? Danhausen was injured. He fucking killed it on social media, and one of the things he did, he tweeted out a picture of an application he filled out for A and W, uh, <laughs> but tweeted it tagging Tony Elite, Tony Khan, um, <laughs> about his job application to work at AEW, right? So A and W, A E W, right? And and it it just went back and forth viral. Um, 
And so, like, he would, he would on his his YouTube show talk about. I'm still waiting to hear back from A N W about wrestling on their show. So that's very nice. Um, fucking A A N W's all in on it. They sent him a box full of merch this week to congratulate him on his new contract. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, A N W has a blimp. One of the reoccurring things that Dan Housen has wanted is his own blimp over the years. So now mm. they can have the A and W blimp fly over the stadium that AEW is going to be in that night, and it could be right. Danhausen's A and W blimp. <laughs> I had my blimp today. Uh, it's going to be fucking gangbangers, right? And uh, so we're going to see Danhausen this week in some way. Um, Orange Cassidy is going to probably be there to celebrate his victory. Um, We'll probably have Adam Cole more unhinged. It's going to be a lot of fun on Wednesday. We just have to make it there. So anyways, on that note, we're going to go ahead and close the book here. Uh, You can head down to the doobly-doos to find all the social media links for where to follow us. Uh, Follow us on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. You can follow me pretty much any of those places, at Raw and Order WBU, except for uh, Facebook, where you can search for at Pissant Podcast. You can follow JLB at JLB420. Real Talk Radio, though, is the brand at Real Talk Radio 8. Anchor.fm slash RTR. That's right. That was a DMD thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm actually working on my website again, trying to. <laughs> Uh, trying to get that up and running nice and fancy. So eventually I will be also promoting that. But for now, it's just podcast stuff. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much it. Anchor.fm slash RTR. Uh, make sure to head down to the doobly-doos to check all the uh, ways to support us, including the link to the Patreon, the link to our merch store, all of that stuff. Uh, I mentioned earlier, tatnesco.com. Check that out. But on that note, we're going to go ahead and close the book. Thank you all for listening. We will see you soon. Deuces.